Hello. How are y'all? That's all I get from y'all tonight. That's better. That's better. So I want to say before I start that what I'm speaking on tonight is something that I have to struggle with and uh, work on every single day. And so just know that as I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself as well. And I think that this is something that a lot of us, probably all of us struggle with. But we're going to look at tonight replacing anger and bitterness with forgiveness and kindness. Anybody else in here struggle with that? So we're going to look at that tonight, and our, our verses that we're looking at, our main verses, are Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, which were read earlier. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, which is lying about someone, saying, going to someone else and saying, she did so and so, or he's this, or she's that, or whatever, along with every form of malice which is dealing with revenge. We're going to go back and we're going to get them back for what they did for us. Instead, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave us. That's hard, isn't it, to forgive others when they've hurt us. You know, we all were born with emotions. We all have emotions. We have days where we are happy, where we're sad, maybe we're fearful, or maybe we're angry. And those are just a few of the emotions that we might have go on in our lives throughout a day. Some days we struggle with all of those put together. One minute we might be happy and then something happens and then before you know it, someone's made us mad or they've made us sad. Something has happened to make us fearful. And so throughout a day, we can have a lot of emotions. And first thing I want you to know is that emotions are normal. Everybody has them, and it's normal to have them. When we're happy, things are good, right? We wake up in the morning, and mom's cooked a good breakfast, and everything's going well, and we go to school, and we ace a test, and all of our friends have been nice. That's a good day. Those are days that we don't struggle, right? Everything's just good. So when we're happy, we don't have to struggle with that. It's the times that we have sadness, fear, and anger creep in that we start to struggle. And what we want to do with those emotions is we want to take them and we just want to sweep them under the rug. A lot of us, I know that's what I want to do when I have those days. And why do we do that? We do that because maybe we're, we're trying to hide how we feel. Maybe we think someone's going to laugh at us if we're sad, if they see us crying. Maybe someone's going to think less of us if they know that we have a fear of something. Well, she must be pretty weak if she's fearful of that, so we're afraid to share that. Maybe we're afraid it'll look silly. Or maybe we're just afraid to talk about our feelings. I think a lot of us struggle with just talking about our feelings. And I know for me, I don't like to handle conflict. I hate conflict. I would much rather just put it away, put a lid on it, and never think about it again because I do not like conflict. I grew up in a home where my parents argued a lot. And because of that, 
I just would rather just consider myself having peace with everyone instead of going to them to resolve conflict and maybe causing it to have an argument. When we deal with conflict, we become vulnerable, right? We let our walls down. When we go to talk to someone, we maybe have that fear of, or that risk of, I'm going to be hurt more. And so we're really putting ourselves out there when we go to someone and say, we need to talk or I need to deal with this. So we're, sometimes we're afraid that we're going to handle it incorrectly. What if I get more angry? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I hurt them more? What if they hurt me more? But today we're going to look specifically at anger and we're going to talk about how to deal with that. Maybe even today something made you angry, something upset you, whether it was something like on the way here someone cut you off in traffic, a restaurant didn't have the thing that you wanted to eat, they were out of it today. Maybe you were angry at a sibling or your parents because things didn't go your way. And a lot of times we'll let anger take us in one of two directions. We either explode or we sweep it under the rug and we don't want to deal with it. Either way, it's wrong. When we explode when we're angry, we're allowing anger to control us instead of controlling it. Ephesians 4.26 says, and I'm going to read it from here because what I have is a little different. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Don't sin by letting anger control you. So the minute you allow anger to start controlling you and your reaction to things, you are sinning. You are letting it control you. Another verse says in Proverbs 14, 17, short-tempered people do foolish things and schemers are hated. Short-tempered people. Anyone in here, and you don't have to raise your hand, but is anyone in here short-tempered? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin admits it. You allow things to get to you. It just takes one thing and all of a sudden you are just so mad that you can't stand it. And it says, short-tempered people do foolish things. When I read this verse, I thought back to the book of Genesis. In Genesis 4, in the, in the book of Genesis, it's talking about Cain and Abel. And some of you may know this story. If you don't know this story, or even if you do, you may want to go back and read it this week, or maybe read it tonight. Cain and Abel were Adam and Eve's children, and this is what verses 6 through 8 say. This is God talking to Cain. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. There's that word again. But you must subdue it and be its master. What mine says is um, you must rule over it. You must rule over anger. Take control of anger instead of allowing it to control you. So God tells Cain, you've got to take control of your anger. Cain was angry at his brother. Again, I'll let you go back and read that. And he was so angry 
that he let it get the best of him. Instead of dealing with it and instead of listening to God and what God said, Cain decided to take matters into his own hands. In verse 8 it says, One day Cain suggested to his brother, Let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. So Cain didn't control his anger. Instead, he let his anger control him, and it caused him to kill his brother. So what are some things that we can do when we're angry? Some things that I thought about were step back and take a deep breath. Count to ten. You learn that when you're little, probably. Why don't you go and over here and you count to ten and then come back and we'll deal with it. That even works for adults. Just not letting that anger control you in a way to where you say or do something quickly that you haven't thought about. Seek counsel. And this can come from friends, but I'd also suggest that you have someone older than you, an adult, that you can go to and talk to about these things. This happened to me, and I'm really angry, and I want to hurt that person, or I want to punch a wall. I'm just really angry. Having someone that you can go and talk to about that. Writing in a journal can help you write down your feelings to think about it. But I want to say to you that it doesn't stop there. Once you get your anger under control, you have to go and deal with it. You have to go and speak to that person and let them know, this is what you did, this is why it hurt me, and we need to deal with it. Or if you're the person who hurts someone, you need to be willing to go and say, we need to talk. I know that I hurt you, and I'm sorry that I did. So when we deal with anger by pushing it down, over time, it's going to take a toll on us. Anger's going to consume us. It gets to a point where that's all we can think about. We just sit there and we just fume and we think about how that person hurt us. It leads to negative attitudes. It can lead to destructive behavior. Anger can lead to depression. And it can even lead to health issues. So anger's not a good thing at all in a lot of ways. When we have a car, who in here drives? Most of you. When you have a gauge light on your car come on, like a tire light or your gas light or something like that, if you ignore it, what's going to happen? You're going to eventually be sitting on the side of the road calling someone to come and help you. Bring me some gas or my tire blew or whatever because you've ignored the light that told you that you had an issue. So you saw the signs, but you chose to ignore it. And now you have a bigger issue on your hand, right? Now you have an expensive car issue that needs to be fixed. It's the same way with anger. Whenever we have anger, we need to know that that is our light that says, you need to figure out what's wrong. You need to figure out what's going on, and you need to get that fixed. So... We need to remember that anger, or going to talk to people about anger, is not showing a sign of weakness, it's showing a sign of strength. Sometimes we think, if I go and talk to them, it's me giving in. It's me saying, okay, I was wrong, and it makes me look weak. But that's not what that does. It makes us look strong, because carrying anger, it's exhausting. You can't even sleep at night a lot of times because all you're doing is thinking about that anger. You can't think about anything else. 
It damages us spiritually, it damages us emotionally, and it destroys our peace and joy. Think about this if you're angry at someone. Many times that person doesn't even know that you're angry. A lot of times they don't know that they've made you mad. Maybe they said something and it didn't, it didn't come out the way that they meant for it to come out. Maybe they sent you a text. And let me tell y'all, text messaging can be taken so wrong in so many ways. What did she mean by that? What did he mean when he said that? When they meant it one way and you took it a totally different way. So sometimes they don't even know that they've hurt you. And so you need to go to them because it's not fair to allow someone to think that everything's okay when you're angry at something that they did. They can't fix it if they don't know. Just like with that car light. If my car light doesn't come on that I need gas, I don't know that I need gas, right? And so I don't fix it. I don't stop and get gas. I will admit, too, that sometimes people just don't care that they've hurt you. You go to them and say, what you did hurt me, and they just don't seem to even care. And then what we do is we know that we've done what we can do. We've gone to that person and talked to them. And then we need to allow God to work through that situation. We need to allow him to work in us and replace the bad emotions with the compassion for that person. Keep in mind that hurt people do what? Hurt people. So many times when someone hurts you, there's a bigger issue going on than it, than it is dealing with you. A lot of times anger is actually a secondary emotion. A lot of people who show anger have other emotions coming together they have sadness in their life. They have something going on. Maybe someone in their family is sick or has just died. Maybe a parent has lost a job. Maybe their grades aren't good. Maybe a boyfriend just broke up with them. And so all of that comes together and you are the lucky one who goes up next to them and they already have all these emotions going on and the next thing you know, they've lashed out at you. And so a lot of times it's not even personal. It's all of these emotions that are going on that they're dealing with and struggling with and you just happen to be the person who got the lash out for that. So pray for those, and this is hard, pray for those who have hurt you. Not only go and talk to them and try to get it right, but pray for them. If you've been the one that's hurt someone, you need to pray about how you can go to them and talk to them and ask for forgiveness. You need to pray if they say, I'm not willing to forgive you. You need to pray and ask God to help them see that they need to forgive you. So if we're having these angry thoughts going on in our minds, what the Bible says is that we need to replace those angry thoughts with good things. Galatians 5.22 says... But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So look at all of that. We need to replace our bad feelings, our bad emotions, the things that are going on in our lives that aren't great, and we need to think about these things instead. 
And we certainly, a lot of times can, when it comes to anger, can use self-control. Maybe sometimes we don't say things that we're thinking. We kind of just keep it to ourselves. So ask yourself these questions. Why am I angry? Do I have a right to be angry? Is it justified or is there something else going on? Did I wake up and something happened this morning that made me sad or made me mad and now all of a sudden I've taken it out on a friend? Is something else going on in my life that's made me angry? There are times that it's that you get angry about things that are justified to be angry about. There are things that happen every day that make us angry that we know God doesn't like. And so we just need to make sure that we don't sin during that anger. So there are times that being angry is justified. But you need to ask, is my anger out of selfishness? Because I didn't get my way because things didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. We need to learn to communicate our feelings in a positive way and ask for forgiveness and be willing to forgive. Verse 32 um, in what we read earlier says, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So we need to be willing to forgive. I thought about another story in the book of Genesis as well. Genesis 50, 15 through 21 is talking about Joseph. And I won't read all of this, but you can go back and look at this story, the story of Joseph. Joseph had every right to be mad at his brothers and to seek revenge. They were angry and jealous of Joseph, and so they plotted to kill him. They threw him in a pit, and then they sold him. Well, years later, Joseph had become second in command over Egypt. And if you go and read this, you'll see where Joseph had opportunity to take revenge. He had opportunity to give them what they had coming to them. But instead, he forgave and he loved his brothers. And he made a choice to, instead of showing revenge, to take care of them and to be kind to them. He spoke kindly to them. That didn't make what they did okay, right? Like he wasn't saying, I love that you did this to me. This was just good. I love it. That's not what we're saying when we forgive people. We're not saying what you did is okay. And sometimes we have to protect ourselves. Maybe sometimes we do forgive and then walk away from that relationship knowing we can't be friends with that person. And that's okay. That's not what we're saying. I'm not saying that it's okay or that you need to just walk away happy, holding hands and skipping and everything's just fine. What I'm saying is you need to forgive and whatever that looks like after that, you've got to figure that out with the other person. Do we continue to be friends or do we not? So we need to know, we need to ask God to bring our feeling in line with what he says because a lot of times our feelings don't match what God says when we're mad. Trusting him to replace it with his peace. You know, the loneliest people that I know are those people who never learn to communicate their feelings and they never forgive. They walk away from things. They sweep it under the rug. They walk away from their family. They walk away from their friends. They walk away from jobs, marriages, churches. They walk away from anything and they carry it with them. 
Also, people can become lonely because other people walk away from them because they get tired of hearing all the anger that you're dealing with. They get tired of hearing it, the complaining, and they're like, go fix it. And so a lot of times people will walk away because they just don't want to hear it anymore. So what do we do? 2 Corinthians 10, 5, I'm just going to read these really quickly, and I want you to catch this. We demolish arguments and every pretension or claim that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This has to be deliberate. We have to deliberately take every thought captive. We have to think about, is what I'm about to say what I need to say? Is what I'm about to do what God would want me to do? Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We have to deliberately think about the good. We have to think about our blessings. When someone hurts us and they're not our friend or they don't invite us to do something, we have to think about the friend who did invite us to do something. We have to think about the friend who did call us. We have to think about the ones who do love us. We have to memorize scripture so that when we're angry, we know what verses to go back to. And these are good verses to remember. We have to forgive and we have to show kindness to people, even when they've hurt us. So we need to make it our daily mission to be kind. And I'm going to show you a clip from a movie that we love in our family. It's the movie Wander. If you haven't seen it, it's good. You'll need some tissue, but we're going to show part of that. Okay. Anybody ever seen that movie? It's good. It's a good movie. So one thing that I liked about this is when the teacher says, or when the little girl reads, when given the choice between being right and being kind, choose kind. You don't always have to be right. Even if you think I'm right, sometimes we just don't fight those battles. It's better to be kind than to be right. Now, does that mean that there aren't times that we need to prove our point? Yes, there are times we need to prove our point. But many times we can choose being kind over being right. We can always choose to be kind even when we have a point to prove. So who do I aspire to be? That's the question that you need to write down. Who is it I aspire to be? At the end of the day, do you aspire to be like Cain, who acts out of anger? Do you aspire to be Joseph, who loved his brothers in spite of what they did? There's a lot of people that you can look up to, but Ephesians 4.32 says we should be like God, showing kindness, compassion, and forgive. So we need to aspire to show forgiveness, kindness, and compassion, just like Jesus would do. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have the band come back up. I want to read one last verse to you. Matthew 5, 23 through 24 says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. Go first and be reconciled with them. Then come and offer your gift. Your gift right now is the gift of singing to God. If you have an issue with someone in this room or someone that you need to go out and make a phone call to, I would like to encourage you to do that tonight. 
We know that you may be moving around and that's fine. So while they sing, if you have someone that you need to go and ask for forgiveness or you need to go and say, I've been needing to forgive you and I forgive you for this, tonight's a good time to do that because we want to aspire to be like Jesus. So if you have an issue with someone, I pray that you'd get it right tonight. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to come here and speak tonight. I hope these kids know, these young adults know that I love them. I hope that they um, know that they need to get right. They need to get things right with people. They need to ask for forgiveness. They need to give forgiveness. And I pray that you would help us to look more like you. I pray that if there's someone in this room that they need to get things right with tonight, that they would be willing to do that. For it's in your name that we pray. Amen.